welcome to Mojo for the Modern Man. This is your host, Ken Mossman, and today I am delighted to be joined by Robert Raymond Riopel for the second half, our second act together, if you will. And Act 2 opens with Robert reflecting on the story of how the biography of Steve Jobs came to be written. Uh, and key data that the author revealed that helped Robert shed light on the path that he had taken on his own development. He discusses the practices of setting ego aside when he and his team deliver and receive feedback and how they leverage empathy, compassion, and brutal, honest truth at the same time. And he digs deep into his experience with communication and relationships, sharing uh, an important practice of listening. And we riff back and forth on the challenges of setting solutions aside in order to really listen and stay present. And we touch on some myths about patience and the time that it takes to develop real competence pretty much in anything. And and here's a hint. There's a reason practices are called practices. And Robert brings his wife, Roxanne, and her brilliant box-busting perspectives back into the conversation as we come full circle before we wrap this, what's really a, a great and fun conversation. Just a quick reminder, if you have not yet, please do subscribe to Mojo for the Modern Man on your favorite podcasting service. And with that, let's jump into this conversation with Robert Raymond Riopel. Enjoy. You know, um, have you ever read the biography for Steve Jobs? I have not read Steve Jobs' biography, no. I would highly recommend it. Um, you know, it was not written by him, and, and when you read the story behind it, the person who actually finally um, agreed to write it, who Steve Jobs wanted to write, for, um, was adamant he would not write it because he knew Steve Jobs was going to want too much control, was going to, you know, and so he's like, hell no, not writing it. And, it was, and even though Steve Jobs was saying, I won't, you know, try to, you know, micromanage you, I'll let you write whatever you want, it wasn't until Steve Jobs' wife went to this guy and said, look, you know, we know Steve doesn't have long because of his cancer. Yeah. He respects your work. We won't even read it. You have unfeathered access to talk to anybody you want, whether they like Steve, don't like Steve. We won't have any input. You write it because he trusts you that much. And at, at that point, the guy agreed to write it. And I had a hard time getting through the first three chapters because it was the, the first three chapters went through the ta- time period of when Steve Jobs was such a tyrant. Uh, yeah. Just how, you know, you, either you were brilliant or you were the biggest idiot in the planet. And sometimes you could be both in the same day, depending on what you said, right? And I was having a hard time getting through it because I was relating it to one of my mentors that helped me become a trainer because they were the same way. And what got me through the book, though, was I started noticing a theme. No matter who this guy interviewed, whether they liked Steve Jobs, hated Steve Jobs, you know, sued him, you know, wanted um, worked with him for the rest of his life, whatever it was, there was a common theme from all of them. They all said that working with him, he pushed them to do things they never would have created on their own. He yeah. helped them bring out brilliance they didn't even realize they had. And all of a sudden, when I made that correlation, and like, wow. I'm blessed to be learning from one of the greatest, most brilliant trainers on the planet right now. And yeah, because of him pushing me, I'm accomplishing things that I never would have if I went to, 
you know, tried to do it on my own. And that means sometimes we have to put our ego aside and say, am I going to this? What are my lessons? Am I willing to let my ego step aside to say, will this make me better by humbling myself or by persevering? By I may be pissed off, but is it making me better? And so that's all part of the journey as well. And part of what I'm hearing, Robert, and you can push back on this, is um, that the the uh, I may be projecting upon you, so please don't <laughs> let me get away with that. Um, there's, there's an assumption here, I'll be transparent. There's an assumption here, and that is that you get on the path, you get to have all those emotions. You know, you get to be pissed off. You get to be disappointed. You get to be overjoyed. You get to have it all. And you have it and you continue to move forward. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, something that is a daily practice for me and any of my teams. Anytime we do something, anytime um, we accomplish something or we do a project or, you know, we have a meeting or whatever, we're asking three questions constantly. Mm-hmm. What's working? And with no emotion, we make a checklist. What didn't work? We make a checklist. No emotion, no blame. And then third, what can we do different? And because we take the emotion out of it and it's for progress, we can have brutal conversations of, look, this didn't work because um, this and this and this. And it's not like the person going, well, I didn't mean to make that mistake or someone saying, you know, you screwed up. It's just like this didn't work. And because we can take the emotion out of it, we can now come from an objective viewpoint and say, okay, so we, obviously it didn't work. What do we do different? And let's go again. And we make so, the adjustment and we go. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, so, so there's two different things, which are, it, it seemed kind of paradoxical. And one of them is, you know, again, if I'm hearing you correctly, um, uh, on the one hand, emotion is wildly important. And at other time, and on the other hand, there are times where it just needs, one needs to set it aside so what's your practice? Uh, let's play with this for a moment. Um, what is your practice of setting the emotion aside to be able to have those perhaps tougher conversations? Yeah. For me, it's definitely come with practice. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's setting what I call a context. It's not just coming into someone with a meeting that has never been taught any of this and all of a sudden expecting them to put it aside at the same time. It's making sure that everybody who's in the meeting or everybody who's involved in the project understands the context of it. You know, as we move forward, we know that things aren't going to work and that's okay. That's where we're going to learn. But here's what we're going to do. Here's how it works. Do you have questions? And so that as we go into it, we now have the context instead of all of a sudden coming into it and someone freaking out and and you freaking out on them because it's like, you don't know this is the way we do it. And it's like, no one ever taught me. And communication is so important. I, I'm all about communication, Ken. And for me, I'd, I say I'd rather, um, you know, you tell me something I don't want to hear than trying to candy coat it. And all of a sudden later I find out and we all get pissed off about it. Be upfront. Be willing to, and, and here's how I say it. Speak your truth with, um, with um, compassion. And it takes courage to do that. It yeah. takes courage to say, look, dude, I think you just messed up. And if, if go back to the masculine feminine, if you think about it, one of the things about the masculine that I did learn is that the masculine, why do you think guys, as an example, and using them, because not all men are the masculine and not all women are the feminine, but 
why do you think one of the practices and why guys get together in bars is because part of the masculine is telling the honest, brutal truth to your friends and calling each other on your crap. That's part of it. And, you know, whether it breaks out into a fist fight and then you get over it or whatever, you know, it, that's part of it is you be willing to tell the honest, brutal truth of what you perceive is going on in that moment. And those are some of the conversations where have changed my life because I may get pissed off in the beginning of how dare you. But when I finally calm down and reflect, all of a sudden I'm like, wow, okay, maybe there's some validity to that. And if there is, what adjustments can I make? Because I'm not perfect. No one is. But our ego mind is, can be so sensitive that it takes it personally. And then we end up having issues. Yeah. And there's also, Robert, the, I mean, you gave the example of the, <laughs> you, gave, you gave the example of men hanging out in bars. And, and, and in those circumstances, oftentimes the, the, the news, regardless of what it is, is not necessarily presented in a skillful manner shall we say <laughs> through the bottom of a class or a few. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Even while the filters are coming off, that doesn't mean that one is building skill. Um, uh, the, the, and correct me if I'm wrong, but part of, part of your organization's practices of delivering, as you say, the brutal truth is you're coming from a place. And this is my, this is another assumption that even though what I have to say may hurt you um, at some level, may hurt your ego, you yep. know, to be more, to be more precise, it may hurt your ego. Again, if I'm hearing you accurately, there's, there, you're trained and your people are trained. I'm going to deliver this to you because it's really, really important. Yep. And I'm going to deliver it from a place of care, empathy, compassion, as you said, and you know we, we, we so there so that context exists already. It's not coming in like a bull in a china shop. Exactly, and and it actually it, you're also owning the converse uh, the the comment. Yeah, owning it yeah. to yourself. It's not like you did this. It's what I perceived is uh, uh, you know the way I see it. I see that it looked this way. So yep. by you owning it, it's not projecting it onto someone else. Because that's all we're ever doing anyway is, <laughs> you know, and, and when we get pissed off at someone, as an example, it uh, usually touches something inside of us that we get pissed off of, about ourselves, And right. so now we're projecting onto the other person. And so when you can sit there and own the comment, you know, in my opinion, this is what happened. Okay. So now it's only your opinion. Doesn't mean mm -hmm. it's right or wrong. It's your opinion. And that opens the space up to be able to have a more constructive conversation. Yeah. And, it, and look, if you want to get really deep down and you talk, want to talk about how to have really powerful relationships, um, one of the practices that can be done in a relationship of any kind, business, personal, doesn't matter, is when things are getting so heated that it doesn't seem like things are being accomplished, usually it's because people are now trying to talk over each other. Yeah, so one of the things that you can do in a relationship for communication, doesn't matter whether it's business or personal, and this is something that when my wife and I learned it, it helped us is usually a lot of the strife comes from when you're over-talking each other and you're not listening to the other person. Yeah. And so the simple skill was, you know, if we get to that point, we kind of enact this position of, okay, it's time to communicate. And what would happen, and let's say you and I are having an argument, Ken, and let's say your is decide you go first. 
you get to talk as long as you want to talk. I'm not allowed to respond to anything back. I'm, you know, I'm not, I may in my head be coming up with all these rebuttals and I may, but you want to say you're wrong, blah, blah, blah. But I listen until you finally say I'm done. Then and only then is it my turn to talk. And again, your job then is to listen for as long as I want to talk. And it's painful at the beginning because especially when things are heated and emotions are high, a person could go on for minutes, minutes, 10 minutes, 15, 20, 25 before they're like, oh, I'm done. And then the response can be just as long because, of course, we're trying to justify. But also, if you could stay in the practice, it gets shorter and shorter and shorter. And also, you notice the emotions start coming down. You notice that the um, the tone comes down. You notice that it's not as much blaming. It's there more understanding comes in until all of a sudden you, it, it just I don't know how to describe it, but it starts to you start going, wow, OK, I see where we're at. And that's a, that's a big thing. Yeah. Again, there's so many there's so many rich pieces in there, Robert, that you just shared, and and uh, specifically, I'm going to say specifically for men. And I know it's not always, and <laughs> very often, again, how does the culture teach us to listen? The culture teaches us to listen for solution rather than listen for content and listen for the the deeper more real stuff and when one is listening for solution they're actually not listening because as soon as solution rushes in uh, uh, then then i'm formulating you know then i begin to formulate what my response is i can't formulate my response and be paying attention to you right at the same time yeah I, I i love where you're pointing here and and uh Again, it, it it it's it's a practice that on the outside seems well, okay. That that seems simple. All I have to do is listen. It's like, mm, yeah, no. <laughs> no. Thank listen. you for playing, but try again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Thank you for and and even that, you know, even that, you know, talk about talk about stumbling and fumbling along. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it 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 is it is it is such a practice, and I'm kind of chuckling as you're as you're describing this thinking back on a conversation a uh, recent conversation my wife and i had and 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 everything you're describing is that that was the practice including by the way even though we've done this many many times including reminding one another just i just want you to listen right now yeah. just listen yeah. you know just listen um and it's such a Man, it is. Uh, I love that you brought it in. I know I'm voting here, and I love that you brought it in because it is, <laughs> it, it, it is really. It's it's not only not only is it a relationship enhancer. In in a lot of cases, it can be a relationship saver. It, it is. Yeah, it is. And you know that that's you. And you uncovered something else, Ken, that um, causes a lot of strife in people's life. And what what you're talking about is it. it when we learn something new, like someone might be listening to this podcast right now and going, oh my God, that's brilliant. I like that idea. I'm going to put that into my relationships. And then what does their mind do? Well, I've now learned this. I better be perfect at it instantly. <laughs> Dude, 32 years of marriage and I'm still working on this. <laughs> you know? Because that, but that's what our mind will do to us. 
Yeah. Well, I now know it. I better be perfect at it. And then it uses it as a stick to beat us up with if we don't just get it right. And of course, if we're thinking that way, our mind's going to look for what's not right about something so it can go, I told you so. So why did you even try using this? You obviously aren't good at it. Sound familiar to anybody? <laughs> yeah. 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 You're obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. The, the, this is the first time you've done it. You know, you're not going to play the violin like Itzhak Perman the first time you pick it up. <laughs> New, bad, right? bad news. You know, I got the guitars behind me. Yep. I still, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I still can't play like Jimi Hendrix, you know, small wonder. Um, and, and of course. I hope you're enjoying the second half of this conversation between Robert Riopel and myself. And a quick reminder, if you have not yet, please do subscribe to Mojo for the Modern Man on your favorite podcasting service. Let's dive back in. So another piece to bring into the equation here, I know we're going to wrap in a couple of minutes here, Robert, but another piece to bring into the equation that is hugely challenging is that, well, there's two pieces that I want to bring in here. One of them is, one of them is patience. <laughs> One of them is patience. Again, more, better, faster now. The culture, you know, you mentioned you mentioned social media before that instant, you know, that instant right, gratification yeah. piece. Patience is an art. It is. You know, patience is an art, and it takes a lot, a lot of practice. You know, like the, being that twenty-year overnight success. It, yeah, exactly. Exactly. The, the, uh, the, uh, thanks for bringing that in because, you know, the, this whole notion of, well, they're a new band, you know, they're just, they're, they're, they're an overnight success. No one pays any attention to the fact that they were driving around in a stanky van for 15 or 20 years playing dive bars. And, and, you know, now they're an overnight success. It's like, no, that, that, you know, that, that, that's right up there with the myth of the lone cowboy. It's like, no one does it alone <laughs> and there's no such thing as an overnight, overnight exactly. success. The other piece I wanted to bring in, I want to make sure that we, we leave a little time to, to, to hear a little bit more about your work and, and how people can get in touch with you. But one of the things that you brought up that, uh, you know, I think of Rumi's um, three gates of right speech. Is it true? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Mm. So if, 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 if the thing that we want to say, the hard truth, quote unquote, can pass through all three of those gates, then we're good to go. And I want to make a key distinction, and then I want to flip it back to you. That last one, first two, is it true? You know, it might be my truth. That doesn't necessarily make it true. But there's something here that needs to be, that clearly needs to be delivered is yeah. it necessary? Well, it's necessary. Yeah. You know, if we want to move forward, absolutely. Is it kind? Key distinction, kind is not the same as nice. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, kind is not the same as nice. And, and, and speaking a hard truth, making a tough decision, um, setting boundaries, doing those things they're not going to be perceived always as nice and yeah, they're true and they're necessary and kindness is not the same thing as nice is niceness at all. Sometimes no. the kindest thing to do is to deliver a hard truth back to you. Yeah. Sir. Yeah. Well, and, and I'll give a perfect example of that is I have a conundrum in front of me where in a couple of weeks um, I'm looking at going to Asia 
for a month to do some trainings. Mm -hmm. But I also have a commitment for Florida in the middle of December. And so my mind's been all over the place of, you know, okay, because I made the one to Asia first, that's the, you know, I, my, my commitment to me is my, my word is my law, you know, plain and simple. I make a commitment, I do it. And so my mind is, well, I don't want to be gone for a month. It's been two years since I've really traveled. I used to fly 200,000 miles a year. I'm enjoying being at home, <laughs> but I know what this trip means and, um, you know, how I can impact. And to me, I'm like, but a month, I get home just before Christmas and I'm coming up, my mind's coming up with all these things. And then I'm like, and I'll have to now turn down Florida. And my wife is like, she said it a few times, but finally yesterday, she's like, dude, why can't you do both? And of course, my mind comes into that box. Well, because of this and this and this and this. And she's like, stop. And my, you know, my wife knows me better than anybody. And she knows how my mind works. I am so sorry to her for having to figure that out. <laughs> and all of a sudden she starts being able to, because she's speaking her truth with compassion. But that kindness, of course, I had a lot of resistance to it in the beginning, because you're right. It's not nice sometimes, it's, but it's the, like, hello, get your head out of your ass and look it from a different direction. Is it possible if we do this? And all of a sudden as she was laying it out, all of a sudden my mind finally clicked and I'm like, oh yeah, maybe it is possible. I can spend the two weeks in Asia and have as much impact as I would for a month and still fly to Florida instead of flying home and be able to take care of that commitment as well and be able to you know, honor both things. And now my mind's starting to figure it out and seeing the different perspectives. But it took her standing in her truth mm. and, not, and, and willingness not to back down until she got that I got it. <laughs> because I can be pretty thick sometimes and as a man, not clarifying for or classifying for all men, I know me, I can be pretty clueless sometimes. I think that's why I called my book Success Left a Clue, because in my life, I've been pretty clueless sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Before we part company here, Robert, share a little bit about how people can, can get in touch with you and just a word or two about the, the training that you're doing and how people can tap into it. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, here's the thing is, I love to really help people tap into what they're truly passionate about and then learn how to not only do what they love, but then how to make money at it so they can do it more often. And so to find me easy social media, I'm on Facebook. I am on Instagram and LinkedIn. Those last two, that's what my assistant tells me is I'm on them. <laughs> and so if I type my name in, you can find me. But what I would love to do, Ken, you know, you were so gracious to have me on as a guest. And I believe our time is one of our most precious commodities that we have. And the fact that you had, took the time to have me on as a guest and the fact that your listeners are taking their time to listen, I would love to give them a gift from the both of us um, for taking their time. And if they just go to robertriopel.com, my name, R-O-B-E-R-T-R-I-O-P-E-L.com, they're actually going to be able to download the full digital version of my first book, Success Left a Clue, as our gift to them. And I'm going to let you know that will come with a caveat, though. I didn't write the book for people to read it and put it on the shelf and just make it shelf help. That's not why I wrote the book. Shelf help. That's great. Yeah. And so I wrote it as a workbook because I cover six steps in this book of how to design the life that you really want to have. And step number three is you have to take action. So all the way through the book, I have action steps. And I actually will say, because the book is goofy, just like me. 
And I'll even say, hey, did you do the last action? If not, stop reading right now. Go back and do the action first before you continue reading. Because I know people are creatures of habit. And if they do this, Ken, I would promise them that you will be able to design a life and go to another level. Um, and by you know downloading my book, they're going to be able to hear about more of what I do, including when I'm going to be releasing my new book that I'm working on right now, The Authority Key, uh, w- which we want to release in the first or second quarter of 2022. Uh, and that's all about how to become an authority in the job or business that you're in. So that's kind of how to stay in touch with me. Yeah, beautiful. And a very, very generous offer. Robert Raymond Riopel, it has been an absolute delight spending time with you. Internet blowups and all. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me here on Mojo for the Modern Man. Uh, my absolute pleasure and look forward to anytime you ever want me back. You just reach out. I'm there. Very good. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much for joining me, Ken Mossman, your host here on Mojo for the Modern Man, and my guest, Robert Raymond Riopo. Now, if you want to learn more about Robert and his work, there are links to Robert's website, as well as all of his socials in the notes. And his website, by the way, is Robert, R-O-B-E-R-T, Riopel, R-I-O-P-E-L, And when you visit, you can access a free copy of his book, Success Left a Clue, as he mentions toward the end of the episode here, and so much more. There's a lot to the work that he is doing, and I recommend you check it out. And speaking of checking it out, if you have not yet, please do subscribe to Mojo for the Modern Man on your favorite podcasting service, and be sure to come by my website as well, Cirrus, C-I-R-R-U-S, Leadership, all one word, CirrusLeadership.com, and you can also get there by going to KenMossman.com. They'll both lead you to the same place. Come by, check out, see what I've got going on in terms of classes and writing, and of course, every episode of Mojo for the Modern Man can be found on the podcast page of my website. I look forward to seeing you back here on Mojo for the Modern Man very soon, and with that, be well, take care.